1: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. It's the title of the show, but I'm going to do that thing that movies do sometimes where they put the title in the dialogue. Six days left. Six days left on this NBA season. Head to head leagues are done, they're gone. They've passed. The payouts have happened in many of them. And they've moved on to bolder and brighter things. Except for you crazies that have head to head that go to the last day. Brutal. Roto Leaguers, you guys are squeezing every drop you can out of these final few days. Whatever you can get, squeeze it. We're going stat hunting, ladies and gentlemen. I I say it, I say it, and then my brain immediately thinks of the kids' song, We're Going on a Bear Hunt. We're going on a stat hunt. Can't go over it, but we can go over it. And that's actually what we're going to do, because today, there are no games to recap. Yesterday was NCAA Men's Championship Game Monday, meaning... Conclusion of March Madness on April the 3rd, but also the NBA just clears out. Gangway! They just clear out for the the title game, Uh, which means today is exclusively a look-ahead day, but it's also a truly colossal look-ahead day. It's our third 13-gamer in the last week it has made streaming extraordinarily complicated it has actually made just straight decision making pretty complicated because every other day for almost a week now we've had to choose which players to start and which players to put on our bench now for head to head you know you're it's pretty obvious you look at what categories are close with your opponent and so on and so forth roto there's a little bit of that same stuff but you're also trying to manage whatever the games cap is I will say this one thing before we get into the look ahead. I have one very important note to yell at you that I probably should have yelled at you three weeks ago for Roto leaguers with a games cap. Do not under any circumstance, leave a game on the table unless every category is decided except for turnovers, in which case then you can look and make sure that you don't lose a point in turnovers, but that's pretty rare. Do not leave a games cap game on the table. You've been lagging ever so slightly behind for a long part of the year, but over the last couple of weeks, and obviously now over the final six days, this is when you make your games push. Too many times, injuries over the final two weeks make it harder to catch up in games cap. But what that means is that this week, you might have to move... Two to three players every day just to make sure you do not leave a games cap game on the table. You got to use them up. Figuring out what category you need to hunt to use them up, well, that's on you. I can't tell you how to do that. But look at Yahoo, if that's what you're using, on a PC, not on mobile. It's actually really hard to figure out what to do games cap wise on, mo- on mobile. On PC, it does a much better job if you scroll down on your team page. If you're on a PC, and maybe I should have thrown this up on the screen for the live YouTube viewers, but whatever. If you scroll all the way down to the bottom, it shows you how many games played you've used in each slot, how many you have left, and then the projection. And at this point, you don't need the projection anymore because you can just look at how many games you have left to use. Understanding that with six days left... And basically, everybody going today, and everybody going on Sunday, but half of your team will sit on Sunday, you might want to try to use up your games cap by Saturday, basically, but for maybe, like, I don't know, anything where there's multiple, like, utility, because you could flip a guy in and out at the last second. What's the schedule look like on Sunday? When does everybody play? Yeah, it's a a two-waiver on Sunday. Everybody plays at either uh like 2 Pacific or 5:30 Pacific or something like that. It's supposed to make it so that teams can't watch each other while they're battling for playoff position. And I think it's largely uh intra-conference. They tried to make it so that like Western Conference teams are playing Western Conference teams and Eastern versus Eastern. It it doesn't perfectly work itself out because there's an odd number of teams in each one of them. Houston and Washington I believe, is the crossover battle in that one. And that one's an earlier game, and both of those teams are in tank mode now, so it won't impact anything. So NBA did a kind of cool thing there, but it also means that at those two, like 15 minutes prior to each of those things, you're going to have to be checking your team to make sure that you're not going to get a zero where you are expecting to use up a games cap. So just grade this thing out. Be ready. And use up all of your available games. Let's talk about what's coming up tonight. It's an all look ahead show here on Fantasy NBA Today, Tuesday, April the 4th. I am Dan Vespers at Dan Vespers on Twitter. I haven't yelled at you guys to follow me on Twitter in a while. I think because I mostly just assumed you all probably were doing so. But I actually need you guys to check in on social media today. I'm going to be asking a bunch of questions over the course of today and this week. To get a feel for what everybody liked and didn't like. Because this year, I tried all kinds of stuff. This was like, it was fun for me, actually. This was a take a handful of darts and hurl them at the wall kind of year and see which one of them stick. We did a lot of different social media things. We did some buy low, sell high threads. We did the burger board, which was the injury replacement streamers. We did the weekend review. Obviously, we did the nightly quick hits. We did the look aheads. We did player appreciation stuff. There were a lot of social media features, if you want to call them that. We did some Q&As out there. And I'm curious what everybody liked and what everybody felt like maybe was a little bit superfluous. What was the good stuff? I want to really try to trim the fat so that way when we throw our next handful of darts, when I say we, I mostly mean me, but also just sports ethos, As a whole, when we throw our next handful of darts, we will leave the few that were already at the bullseye. We'll keep doing those, and I want to add more stuff. But I can't add more stuff unless I trim some of the things that you guys were not as keen on. And the same story on the podcast side. We tried doing some multi-show days, which there's sort of no point in doing that here the last week of the season. Also, with kids on spring break, it becomes unbelievably difficult. A couple of years ago, I did some shows on weekends. That's something that I'd love to hear back about. So I need a lot of feedback this week. I want to try to perfectly tailor what I'm doing going into the offseason into the next year. And the only way that I can do that is I can read the tea leaves. I can probably guess which things you guys liked more than others. But I do need to hear from you. So please do hang out with me on Twitter today, this week, as we wrap up the season and try to figure out what you guys like the most and and you can have an impact on what I do next year. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Boo, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Twitter, by the way, is at D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Sportsethos.com is the website. Go get a fantasy pass for the offseason. I've told you why in the past. Mostly it's so you can get the B-150 five days early, but also now you can get baseball fantasy goodies all offseason long. All right, the early wave today. Cleveland is in Orlando, and everybody's basically healthy on these teams, which is kind of fun. Um, Karis LeVert is intriguing. I'm, I am still thinking that at some point, we probably see the Cavs rest some people. It doesn't sound, at least yet, like that's going to be today, but they only have three games left, and they're in this little pocket in the standings. Cleveland's in a standings pocket. Two and a half games back of the Sixers, three games up on the Knicks. They're basically locked into the four seed at this point, so they'll presumably want to get a little bit of rest for their main dudes. When that happens, Karis Levert gets a wide open lane, although it, you know, he's been good enough to play in a lot of formats lately anyway, but that's gonna be the real key when you get that that little extra bonus on top of it. And then for the magic, you guys know how I feel about the magic. Markel Fultz, Franz Wagner, Paolo, if he's been if he hasn't disrupted your percentages, if that's not a thing you're attacking as much. Wendell Carter Jr. And then, you know, Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony are going to trade off basically as long as that starting lineup is intact. If somebody goes down, that's where you could take a look at those guys in a more reliable sense. Toronto might have Gary Trent Jr. back for this ball game. OG Ananobi is also questionable, although it sounds like he was trending a little bit more towards probable. We'll see as the day goes on. Um, if the starting lineup is intact, those are the guys you play. If anybody in the starting lineup is out, well, you could look at Chris Boucher, but if Trent comes back, then he's the guy that you'd play slotting into the starting lineup. Otherwise, Toronto's a pretty, pretty much an open book at this point. Charlotte, Dennis Smith Jr. is questionable, and he was one that I really thought we'd see down the stretch. So to my assessment is that his injury is real. Because he's not a guy like Kelly Oubre, established. He'll get his money in free agency here. And, you know, Gordon Hayward, established. P.J. Washington's pretty established at this point. Obviously, LaMelo Ball, who's out for realsies. Terry Rozier. These guys are established. Dennis Smith Jr. is still playing for contracts. I know he's made a decent amount. Like, I don't want to minimize how much NBA players get paid in general. But he hasn't had that... Life-changing contract where he can just sort of coast. So I really do think that DSJ wants to get back in there, and if he does, he's very much a play in all formats. So keep a close watch on that situation. Theo Maladon is the guy who backs him up. He's more of a points league option, a lot of points, decent chunk of assists, but terrible percentages, high turnovers, not much in the way of defensive stats. As we mentioned with with Maladon, uh, where you know Dennis Smith Jr. is kind of the flip of that, where he's not going to shoot much, but boards, assists steals, blocks, all that good stuff uh, is on the board for him. So keep close tabs on Charlotte. I think you can probably roll Svee Mikhailuk as well. We talked about him on yesterday's show. As long as Ubre, Rozier, PJ, Gordon, all those guys are out, Svee's getting all the shots he can handle. And Dennis Smith Jr. coming back doesn't really impact that, almost at all. We're also looking at the situation up front. Today is the Mark Williams rest game for the center rotation in Charlotte, so Nick Richards will likely get the start and play, I would assume, the lion's share of the minutes. Kai Jones would back him up. He's been borderline playable here in this three-center rotation thing, at least on the roto side, and that's if you're hunting steals blocks and a little bit of rebounds, but mostly uh, field goal percent. Ah, there's the sounds of children screaming in the background. Milwaukee is in Washington. Uh, I believe that we're going to get some bucks on rest for this ballgame. It's the front end of a back-to-back against a team that's very much not trying right now. Chris Middleton's already been ruled out. The other regulars appear to be in for the moment, although I'll keep looking back at Twitter to see if anything's happening here uh, in the background. Uh, Giannis might be trying to play his way into the MVP conversation. The know, Bucks have a 56 win total right now. Oof, man, did they go on a midseason run? Best record in the league. Milwaukee could Giannis come out of nowhere to grab that MVP? I guess the way to give himself a better shot is to play every ball game here down the stretch. But uh, I don't know. I still think that he rests at some point, just maybe not this one. Denny Avdia just got ruled out while we were talking. That happened about 90 seconds ago. Uh, so he joins Beal, Kuzma. Uh, Porzingis, who's, um, was ruled out yesterday for this one for conditioning. It sounds like Porzingis is not, hasn't been ruled out for the entire year yet. If it's just conditioning, maybe we see him for, I don't know, two of the four games this week. I wouldn't drop Porzingis, uh, Denny Avdia with an elbow issue that feels a little bit like it could linger. What I'll say on the Wizards front is with Avdia going down, it becomes really confusing as to who picks up the slack now. We're going to get a monster game out of DeLon Wright. Uh, I don't know that... Yeah, okay, Monte Morris has also been ruled out. So DeLon Wright's going to go enormous. He's he's someone you got to get into every lineup wherever you can. Corey Kispert is probably going to take 20 shots, so he also likely deserves to be thrown in the mix here, even though his stat set is kind of bland, Uh pretty much anybody taking that many shots is going to be worth playing in fantasy sports. Daniel Gafford with not many other big man options, he's a go. And then you're sort of this dilemma of do we go someone like a Johnny Davis? I'm not sold on his fantasy stat set yet. I think I would at the very least take a peek at Jordan Goodwin. I'm it you know, there's no guarantee that he gets enough minutes, but if he gets slotted into the starting five starting live like Can't say the word. Starting five, then you can almost lock in twenty-five plus, and then you could probably play Goodwin, and you'd be in okay shape at that point. All right, let's keep moving. Miami is in Detroit. Not a super interesting thing on the Miami side. They're to me on the Roto side of the equation. It's just Hero Butler and Atabio. Detroit is. goofy as all hell i would play Jalen duran in most formats i know that his minutes are not that high but i just i keep wanting to catch that lightning in a bottle game where he's going to go for like 11 15 two steals and three blocks and i just don't want to leave that on the table wiseman nah for Roto. uh hayes and ivy those are stat hunting situations and then Eugenio omarui with uh marvin bagley likely out here Uh, Omarui has a chance to put up some numbers. He's a dice roll to be sure especially with all these other options but if you wanted to go that way I, I think I'd be okay with it just with the understanding that he's mostly going to be getting some points. We haven't seen enough of him to know that other stuff is a lock. Big game for the Timberwolves in Brooklyn. This should be a pretty good one for both clubs actually. Should be a fun ball game. Wolves have lost three games in a row. They're 39-40 and 40 now. They've fallen into the lower half of the play-in bracket. Relatively safe as far as in the play-in, because two games up on the Mavericks with the Thunder in between. But the Wolves are now a game and a half back of the Lakers and the Pelicans to get back up into that that upper chunk of the play-in, at the very least. Extremely streaky basketball team. But I think Cat uh, is the only one who's listed as a maybe for this ballgame. And him, Cat, in or out, really doesn't change anything for the Wolves. Uh, Conley would see a little bit more if Cat was out. And then Slow Mo, who's playing 30-some-odd minutes off the bench, or starting, would probably just move back into the starting lineup. So, you know, whatever. 6-1, half dozen kind of thing. Need to refresh a page here. Got a thing on the screen that won't go away. Brooklyn side, same four as always. Denver, sounds like most of the regulars are probable for this one in Houston. I I still, I wouldn't be completely blown away if at the last minute we just heard about Denver going, you know what, we're going to give everybody some time off. So don't be floored if you see it. Right now it doesn't sound like the case, but anything is possible. Nikola Jokic still questionable with that right calf thing. Certainly would love to get him back for a little bit here down the stretch. I think he plays in half of their games this week. In some capacity. I don't know when exactly those happen, but I think you get him for half of them. And then anytime anybody's out, we know it's Bruce Brown time. For Houston, Shengun's playing a little bit better his last two games. He's pushed himself back up near the top 90 on a per game basis. You know, this one's going to depend heavily on whether or not Jokic is in or out on how it goes for Shengun and for Houston. Kevin Porter Jr. has been good enough to go on the Roto side. Jalen Green's been killing percentages. KJ Martin doesn't get to do as much now that everybody's healthy. Jabari Smith Jr. has never, I mean, he showed some hints of turning the corner, but he hasn't been a Roto play. And then Tari Eason's been close, but kind of bouncing in and out of playable. And I think a lot of that's just, you know, being a rookie effectively. So I don't don't think that I would play those guys. Shangoon, yes. Porter, yes. Everybody else for Roto, not unless you're specifically hunting the stats that they can bring you. Trey Young's dealing with a cold. Thought that was the case. YouTubers can see me like hovering over things. so You guys can see what they say also. Um, DeAndre Hunter is out for this ball game for Atlanta. He got ruled out yesterday. I actually forget what the injury was. Uh I'll try to scroll all the way back. It was like the first thing that broke yesterday in the morning. I think it was a sore knee. So now you've got an interesting little Sadiq Bay w- window here. Um, he's playable, I think, in all formats as the starter. And so Bay's not going to have to fight for his minutes here with John Collins. He just gets to slot in for those minutes now. I think you'll see both Bay and Collins play 30 minutes. So for Atlanta, start the starters and Okongwu today. Six plays, I think, for the Hawks, which, you know, questionable, I guess, because the Bulls have actually been playing some pretty good defense lately. Um... But I it, just, it feels like there's going to be enough for those guys. Because really only two or three of them need to take any shots. The other guys are going to do their damage other ways. For Chicago, nobody on the Roto side besides the regulars. So let's just keep shuffling along to Portland and Memphis. Matisse, Thibault, Trendon, Watford, questionable on the Portland side. We'll see which of those guys are in. I think Watford plays. He's questionable for the same ankle that kept him out for a few ballgames. But he's played in two now. And then the question, of course, is was there some sort of swelling that kicked up that might force him out for a ball game. I I love Watford's fantasy game, but what I don't love is that if he plays we don't know if he's fully healthy cuz he's played in a couple games here but he's only played about half of each of them. So I think I'd probably watch there uh sharp as a go. Um Skylar Mays is a real dice roll. Starting point guard NBA team, I mean maybe Eubanks is a go. Sharp and Eubanks are a go. Theibel, if he plays, is a go if you need defensive stats. Watford, I think, is probably a watch for a game. And then Mays, I'm also watching. But maybe we throw him in there later in the week. I just, I want to see a little bit more. I want to see a little bit more. Dylan Brooks is the only player on the Grizzlies that has a questionable tag right now. I didn't even realize he had a right hip thing, so thank you to this window for informing me of that. And uh, nobody cares. If he sits, I guess the news there is that if he sits, you could probably stream Luke Kennard for threes. But otherwise, you know, Memphis is Memphis. Boston, no Time Lord here against Joel Embiid, which is a decision, certainly. That means that it's going to be Al Horford. Jalen Brown is questionable. I think you probably see Boston play their guys. The regulars here. It's a nice little battle between these two teams Philly still wants this game. They're three back of the Celtics and if this ball game goes the other way then uh you'll almost definitely see Philly rest some people. If the Sixers win this one, you might see them push a little bit down the stretch, uh but my guess would be it would only be for about one more game. Either way, you're about to see these two teams give their regulars some time off and it's you know, it's not this one, but be ready, because you're going to get some De'Anthony Melton games down the stretch. You're going to get some big Derek White games down the stretch. Those are probably the two. Anywho, Sacramento, uh, they have been lost in a cloud here since clinching their first playoff berth in 17 years. We'll see if the Kings can kind of get the motor going for this one in New Orleans. Pelicans have been playing really well lately. Uh, in this ball game, the only starters that I don't think are roto-level on New Orleans, Herb Jones has been a little hit or miss. For Sacramento, you know, Kevin Herter's actually been pretty good lately. Harrison Barnes has been kind of quiet. Keegan Murray is a little hit or miss. So, you know, the, again, that's stat hunting with those dudes. For the Lakers, I think we can expect the big guns to go. They're not messing around right now. So D'Angelo Russell, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, expecting them all to be in tonight. Austin Reeves is the guy you play who's probably more around that 100 range, but he's good to go. Utah, we talked about at the front end of the show, Colin Sexton's questionable. If he plays, again, you're not doing anything with him on the head-to-head side. For Roto, I'm adding Sexton, and I want to see how he looks in this one, because he's been out for a month and a half, so like, they're not going to drop him into 30 minutes, and he probably won't play in the back. That's not a back-to-back tomorrow for Utah. When's their back-to-back? End of the week. Maybe the OKC and Denver games, you get some decent chunks out of Sexton. Meh. This is probably the game Markkanen does play. Everybody loves to play against the Lakers, so I would expect to see Lowry today. Then he'll probably rest the next one. Obviously, he's a go if he plays. Everybody has fun when they play the Lakers. THT, is it a revenge game? I don't know. We'll find out. He's a total coin flip. Um, Chris Dunn's been a little bit more hit or miss lately, and then Abaji's the guy you're using only if Markkanen is out. Kelly Olynyk. uh is going to get a huge bump here down the stretch. Almost forgot to mention our friends over on Olenek Island with no Walker Kessler the rest of the year. He's in concussion protocol. Olenek is the last remaining center, Um, so he's going to have to chew up a ton. Might get into foul trouble dealing with Anthony Davis. Something to keep tabs on, Uh, but if Olenek can avoid foul trouble, this should be a really fun game for him. Big one for the Thunder in Golden State. They only have a one-game lead over the Mavericks, and this is... OKC okay, so had that really easy scheduling stretch, and they sort of blew it here uh, by losing to the Hornets and the Pacers. This was supposed to be the easy part, and they went 2-2 two and two in the easy part. And then they lost to the Suns. Now they got the Warriors. The Jazz will be a little bit easier one, and then the Grizzlies, who knows who plays in that ballgame. But the Thunder, they got to get their act together here. No fantasy notes, really, of any kind in this ballgame. Andrew Wiggins is expected to, I believe, quote, be in attendance for this game. But I don't believe that he's expected to play yet. Whatever that's worth. Uh, for the Warriors, again, I think you're just using the big names right now. Steph, Clay, Draymond, Poole, if you're hunting his stats. But then they do have Kevon Looney if you need rebounds. You know, there is some some stat hunting you could do with the Warriors. And the Spurs. Let's see who's in and who's out for San Antonio right now. It sounds like Trey Jones is in. Zach Collins is a maybe. He had a tag that popped up uh, yesterday with a finger. Um, so hand injury for Collins. Jeremy Sohan was ruled out already, and we're still waiting on status reports on everybody else. Romeo Langford out. Vassell is out. Keldon Johnson's latest is doubtful. So he's probably out. All right. I mean, this is the thing with the Spurs. Those like Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Zach Collins. Those are the four Spurs that you sit on in Roto and you just use them when you can. But what a pain in the butt. And then for Phoenix, you got four studs and nobody else matters. And that is your whopper of a look ahead today. I hope that was somewhat helpful on a day where we didn't have anything to recap. I don't know. YouTubers, stick around. If you got any questions after the show, we'll do those here. For you recorded friends, tomorrow we will recap all of the madness that was this. And again, I really want to try to focus here this last week on category hunting, but also figuring out what works and what doesn't from my end. This is where I need you guys to come hit me, on Twitter, at Dan Bespris, or in the YouTube chat or whatever. Let me know what's been working, what hasn't, and we will tailor what we're doing not perfectly. Not everybody's going to be happy all the time. But if we can figure out the best things, and we can kind of line up priorities in that front, and uh, hopefully we can guide you guys to some more championships at the end of this year or next year as well. It's fun stuff. Thanks, everybody. Uh, recorded pod listeners, I'll see you guys all tomorrow. Again, this is Fantasy NBA Today. Sports Ethos presentation. Sportsethos.com. Go hang out over there. Go enjoy the baseball content. MLB is underway. Uh, and I will talk to all of you guys again tomorrow. So long for now. Some people take the straight path in life. But at Arizona State University, we respect your twists and turns. They make our online students more driven to excel in their professional lives. That's why our personalized suite of services empowers you with innovative resources and staff that sticks with you. Make your next turn with one of our 300-plus programs at ASU, number one in innovation for nine consecutive years. Visit us at asuonline.asu.edu to learn more.
0: My son had a gift with technology.